0: Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week I talked to Rachel Daniels, Advertising Manager for SafeStart, about SafeStart's role in the annual EHS Daily Advisor Safety Standout Awards. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Rachel Daniels, Advertising Manager at SafeStart. Welcome, Rachel.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for being here. Um, and, you know, we're basically gearing up for the uh, EHS Now event this week and uh, the uh, announcement of the uh, safety standout awards for this year. But um, before we get started talking about that, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and about SafeStart.
1: Sure. Um, well, SafeStart has been around for nearly 25 years now. I think it's pretty safe to say that they are one of the pioneers in human factors management space. We provide solutions to increase personal safety awareness and skills. Now I have been with SafeStart for 15 years which was quite the surprise to me. <laughs> um, I expected well I'm a, I'm actually a military spouse and I expected to work with SafeStart as long as our posting lasted. But I was really fortunate that they were early adopters of remote workers and so I've been able to keep it through three different postings now.
0: Oh nice. Um so you know, we're talking about the Safety Standout Awards and, you know, wh- why did SafeStark decide to uh, sponsor the Safety Standout Awards?
1: Well, actually, I think we proposed the idea of creating the awards in the first place. So back in 2017, um, and so we've continued to support them as a sponsor ever since. We we looked around at the other awards that were going on. And we felt that there was space within the industry for safety awards that acknowledged more specific things like excellent safety committees or and moving beyond compliance. Safety is a never-ending journey that requires a lot of hard work, commitment, and continuous improvement. So we feel it's important to recognize the efforts that go into keeping everyone safe and promote innovative solutions and sharing these successes so others can benefit.
0: Excellent. Um, and- what has impressed you the most about, you know, the awards entries you've seen over the years? It's been, I think we've, this is our fifth, I believe. Um, you know, what have you kind of seen that, I guess, maybe surprised you or impressed you?
1: I can't believe it's been that many years already. Um, most entries we've seen seem to have a lot of organizational commitment to safety, where it isn't just a robust safety program, but rather safety is ingrained in their culture. People generally care and take time each day to think about and improve safety in many unique or different ways. It seems that um, from what we've seen, success can be achieved in lots of ways as long as everyone's engaged and working toward a common goal.
0: And, and what do you sort of, uh, you know, what kind of stands out for you when you're, when you're evaluating entries, um, you know, for the standout awards?
1: Um, Well, we evaluate submissions for the Moving Beyond Compliance Award specifically. The first thing we look for are references to human factors being acknowledged and addressed by the applicant, because we know from our own client success how critically important managing human factors is. Um, For example, Dynamic Energy Services, they were a winner a few years back. Um, They had human factor elements built into their homegrown dynamic diamond process. They talked about specifically looking at anticipating error and what they referred to as unfavorable factors, like risk tolerance, fatigue, distractions, that would increase the risk of an error during the task. And so something like that would be a great example of the human factors uh, we're looking for in the applications. Um, after the human factors element, we look for system integrations, signs that there is lots of communication happening, strong leadership commitments, and multiple ways to engage people on safety. We also look for signs of sustainability um, because safety is an ongoing process. So we keep an eye out for systems approaches and skills development that will carry safety success forward for years. And then quite often what tips the scales that helps us decide finally who's the winner is that they have done something to address safety outside of the workplace they recognize that their workers face much more risk at home and especially on the road. So they make efforts to help people stay safe there too.
0: Are are you seeing more companies kind of thinking outside the box, you know, as opposed to sort of, you know, the same traditional solutions, you see see people getting a little more creative with, you know, how they kind of approach safety.
1: Yeah, we definitely do. Um, I think almost, all the applications we've seen have had something sort of creative um, that they've compiled to help them with these things.
0: Um, and, you know, you were talking about human factors, obviously it's a big key of what SafeStart does. Um, can you talk a little bit more about, you know, sort of how companies can evaluate human factors and, and the impact that they have on the workplace?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, well, the first thing is you have to have a good understanding of human factors. Um, one of the tricks there is that there's a lot of definitions um, relating to that. When you, If you were to look up what are human factors, um, you're going to find different aspects like ergonomics or human and machine interactions. For our purposes, we define it as the people elements of individual and system conditions that influence performance and reliability. It's important to understand how these people elements relate to safety and organizational outcomes. Uh, We actually have a white paper on our website that does a really good job um, explaining the human factors, human factors framework, and how how all of this works together. So once you have a good understanding of human factors and what they are and how they affect outcomes, I would suggest you look at your biggest safety and organizational challenges and ask yourself how and how much human factors are involved with each, and all of the direct and indirect costs associated with them. Um, <clears throat> which You'll see that's probably a major task, uh, because, it's, because it's involved in so many things, uh, human factors are. But it's fortunate if you can address human factors in safety, you'll typically be addressing human factors in all other areas as well. So you only need to justify the expense of human factors training by focusing on one major safety challenge. And in all likelihood, it will pay off for the others.
0: Um, And how does SafeStart work with companies on sort of, you know, providing human factor management solutions?
1: Um, Well, it depends on where your major challenges are uh, and what the best approach is for your individual company, Um, but most commonly, we start with uh, training the workers and developing, and by doing so, we empower them all with a common safety language, which helps increase uh, employee engagement and safety and and helps towards improving the safety culture. Uh, These personal skills that we teach uh, they're so universally applicable, like it doesn't matter what your job is or what risk you face. The, the, the training we provide is like a light bulb that helps you understand how human factors are affecting your risk in any task.
0: And obviously, Nick, you mentioned training is a huge part of this. Like what, you know, how important is, is training you know, your workers to to sort of your overall safety uh, results? Well,
1: i have to say it's incredibly important. Mm -hmm. You can't say you're doing everything you can to keep people safe if you're not running safety training. Um, In the last few decades, there have been so many new developments in safety that have changed what we know about risk perception, human factors, and even how people learn about safety that we now have a much clearer picture of just how essential safety training is to keeping people safe. After all, the core goal of any safety program is to maximize the number of safer actions that workers take. All of the administrative and engineering solutions you see in the workplace are ways of reducing the range of risky actions that workers can take it's like, it's harder to fall off an aerial lift if there are guardrails, for example. <laughs> so there are lots of ways to keep a lid on risky actions, but that's only half of the solution. What training provides is, is the only way to actually improve the number of safer actions people take. You can train workers on how to work properly on that aerial lift, and then you can keep training them. And that's, I think, the more the important part there. Keep training them until they've developed safe habits. And- All of these things are just about arming workers with the skills and knowledge and habits they need to not just avoid bad outcomes, but to actively seek out safe outcomes. And that's really only possible with training.
0: And is it kind of like a continuous training as opposed to, you know, at regular intervals? I, I think like traditionally it was always kind of like you train people on at higher and then, you know, every so often to make sure that they're remembering what you trained them on. But is a continuous readiness kind of a, more of a you know better path to to safety than sort of the old methods
1: I think it definitely is um, it's so easy to become complacent
0: with what you
1: know that if you're that you need to continually refresh it train it in different ways with different approaches so that it's always top of mind
0: um, and how can uh, how can leadership uh, sort of help with sort of getting you know getting this uh, message across to workers and kind of, you know, per, you know, and what kinds of things do you do, you do when you work with leaders, on um, you know, on human factors?
1: Um, well, one of the things that I think that's important is leading by example in this case. Uh, and that's one of the things that SafeStart does is that it's not just the workers on the floor who get trained. Like the, every single person in the company should be trained on this and that again goes to that common language when everybody is talking about safety using the same terms whether it's like the owner of the company right down to the brand new hire it helps build that safety culture and once they've decided to to use something like safe start we train everyone like doesn't matter who you are you should be able to speak the safe start language and talk talk about incidents or safety in the same way i mentioned um learning how we've learned more about how people actually learn and we with that in mind partially we've relaunched a brand new version of safe start in the last over the pandemic
0: oh tell me about it um
1: so safe start so safe start the and the original program, as I said, have been around for nearly 25 years now. But everything needs a refresh eventually with new knowledge and understanding. And so, over the pandemic, instead of when, when so many of our on site trainings had to be canceled, obviously, we sort of refocused and decided to update Safe Starts along using modern adult learning principles. Mm-hmm. We were also able to make the course more efficient, so it didn't take quite as long to deliver it without sacrificing anything. Um, As an advertising person, my favorite, of course, is that it's got a much fresher, more modern look, but that's not the most important to most people. And yeah, so this new version of Safe Start is referred to as Safe Start Now. All the concepts are the same as the classic Safe Start, but it has been rejigged to really focus on adult learning principles.
0: And how has that been received by your uh, customers?
1: Really, very well. Um, everybody's been pretty excited to see the new version. And of course, reduced classroom time is a big is a big selling feature since how strapped for time everybody is.
0: Rachel, I want to thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Looking forward to uh, announcing uh, winners and getting their acceptance speeches uh, at EHS Now this week. And um, thanks to, uh, to you and Safe Start for, uh, for all you do with the uh, standout awards. You're
1: very welcome. I'm looking forward to seeing it as well. All right.
0: That wraps up Episode 114 of EHS On Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at EHSDailyAdvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope to join me next time.